0: AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil show. I talked about it a few times, a Christmas carol over at the Guthrie. I mean – it's one of those things that we do here in the Twin Cities that is just it, – it makes it feel better. It makes it feel like it's the holidays. It is a wonderful – present. it's like a, such a great story. It's just a, such a great story. And uh, it is – it's one of those great things they put on every year at the Guthrie. It is currently over there until December 30th. Go get tickets. It is very much worth it. The whole family will enjoy it. The, the ghost of Christmas yet to, yet to come is amazing. Uh, you need to go see that. Joining us right now is the adapter – for uh, the the production Lavina Jawadi is going kind enough to join us here to talk about adapting this this classic dickens tale for the stage and working with the Guthrie crew. Uh Lavina thank you very much. I appreciate the time.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Um it's a very Meaningful production to me. It's one I love talking about, and uh, yeah, as you said, it's a it's a wonderful story.
0: Now, it it should be noted. I mean, we'll get to the adapting part here, but I was looking a little bit back in your history. You have done a lot of different things. I mean, you've you've directed. You've you've worked in the theater for a long time, and a lot of awards. And it's it's once again, I guess, the the, the quality of the Guthrie. They bring in these you know award winners that are here, but you've worked in a lot of uh, realms and a lot of different hats when when it comes to theater.
1: Yes, my um, my good friend uh, Jack Ruler, who uh, founded Mixed Blood Theater, likes to say that I am uh, both the great generalist and specialist of the American theater, but yes, I've done a lot of things. Including
0: work in the box office—that's important work too. Oh, you, you're you're like a radio station. I vacuumed it, it. It's 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 always spotless when I get done here. Uh, no, you, you got yeah. it. But it's one of those things where I think it gives you a great adaption. But uh, let's talk about the role of the adapter. I mean, it. I mean, obviously, we're talking one of the the all time classics. It's how many how many movie versions there have been. It's actually one of the oldest movies that was ever made. Was was A Christmas Carol. Uh, it's been done in theater. It's been done musical version it's been done on television it's done in movies you talk about it how what is the 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 exact role of the adapter
1: yeah um the role of the adapter to my mind is you know choreographing the way the language of dickens is going to live on the stage and uh you know to your point that that uh can and has looked like many things um Guthrie had a, a fun fact on the Instagram recently um, that I think it was something to the effect of within eight days of, of Dickens publishing this thing, it was on the stage, and, um, you know, uh, Joe Hodge, the artistic director and the director of this production, and I are both um, people who share a great love for language, you know, mm-hmm. um, we will be working together on, uh, I'll be his associate director on several uh, Shakespeare history plays that are happening in the spring. Um, And, and I think both the, those productions as well as this one, they really want to honor some great text. I mean, you know, Marley was dead to begin with is a, is a banger of an opening line Mm -hmm. all the way through to God bless us. Everyone is a story that uh, uh, is sort of an anthem that I find myself coming back to uh, every holiday season, but also, you know, uh mankind was my business um yeah. uh there's so much great language in this play and that was something that i was interested in when i started working on this adaptation not knowing that the Guthrie was looking for a new one just uh truly moved by the story and having grown up seeing uh uh many productions in chicago found mm-hmm. myself eager to make one of my own and and lucky me that joe and the guthrie had uh, a very similar vision and aesthetic in mind, one of them being, you know, it's a heightened language piece, I think another being this this is a ghost story. Yeah. Um and, and as you mentioned, there's some really stunning ghosts in this production. So really an imaginative design team working on this show.
0: Yeah, no, all three of them ghost of Christmas past, ghost of Christmas present, ghost of Christmas yet to come are all spectacular. Ages of Christmas yet to come. That I, I mean when I'm looking at it, it's on a stage in front of me and I'm looking at it and it takes me about about five minutes to figure out, oh, that's how they're doing it. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> that's pretty impressive. Uh, you, you, it's, there's something you just said here that I want to go back to, if you don't mind. So you yourself, were you just, just fascinated with this tale and you said, you know what, I want to take a, a hack at it? You know, talk a little bit about that. You Before the Guthrie called you, you were already working on this. Is it just, are you a fan of, of I mean, obviously it sounds like you're a fan of older literature, older plays. Is that just something that you do on your own time?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I'll say that my interest in adaptation came, uh, working on Shakespeare. You know, when mm-hmm. I get hired to direct a Shakespeare play, like I was by the Guthrie in the 1819 season, I did As You Like It. Um, uh, you know, one of the tasks is to, of course, figure out how you're going to adapt that play for the stage. It's rare that we do these Shakespeare plays, you know, uncut. And even then you're, you're having to decide, okay, which characters, you know, you have the, in the budget, they tell you you have, you know, certain number of actors, then you have to figure out, okay, who's going to play how many different roles, and how are they going to double up, and whatnot, and so for me, that that muscle developed there, um, and I do, this is uh, a... <laughs> something that Joe says as well. Um, uh, Joe Hodge, you know, we both like to say, well, I have a great history of collaborating with dead writers. Um, (laughs) You know, that there is something for me about, you know, these works that are in public domain. Um, I've adapted Agatha Christie and Jane Austen as well. Um, I've tackled things, um, uh, Hindu epics like the Ramayana. um, And uh, there is something for me that's really interesting about um, you know, when I'm when I'm directing a Shakespeare play, I'll, I'll often find myself saying, "Well, yeah, the 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 rights are free, but the cost <laughs> of doing business is we have to wrestle with the language, right? We yeah. have to we have to figure out how it's going to land in a contemporary audience's ear." And um, you know, uh, Joe in 2020 had directed a film version of A Christmas Carol that was based on. Now, Dickens had a had adapted himself about a 90-minute reader's theater version that, that he himself would perform on, like, a speaking tour throughout yeah. um, the U.S. and the U.K. And and so the film version that Joe had made in 2020, that perhaps some, some Guthrie audiences saw, I got to see, um, was based off of that version, um, which, again, I think has the heightened text very much at the focus of it and really wanted to lean into the narration and the ghost story. And that is something that, you know, this production also wants to lean into as well is this, you know, Marley is dead to begin with. In mm-hmm. um, our version is, is a beautiful prologue because, you know, that's a story that, uh, uh, a Christmas carol is a story that, that does say once upon a time, but it doesn't say that until a few pages into it. Right. Mm-hmm. So there is sort of a theatrical prologue in the writing itself. That was one of the many things we wanted to celebrate in this production.
0: Lavina Jawadi is uh, joining us right now. She's the adapter for the Christmas Carol over at the Guthrie right now. So you, you obviously, if you've done Shakespeare, I mean Shakespeare in English is. I mean Dickens wasn't that long ago, really. I mean it was you know you know you well, know hundred you know you know a little more than one hundred and sixty hundred seventy years ago. You know it was this. It, the English wasn't. I mean, it was it easier as a person that's done the Shakespearean. I got to imagine going back and trying to find the intent of the word of a Shakespearean play versus a Dickens play. Dickens would be easier. Is that the case or no?
1: Um, I think it's different. <laughs> it's just <laughs> different. Um, you know, the Shakespeare. Sure. Uh, to your point, I think we're further away from some of the words, but um, it's it's more inherently theatrical. Um, whereas the Dickens, uh, you know, I think any, any adaptation of A Christmas Carol does have to, um, wrestle with how do you, how do you theatricalize the, the narrative voice of Dickens if you're interested in that, yeah. right? There isn't as much dialogue in, in this novella as, say, there is in a Shakespeare play, right? So you yeah. sort of have to figure out, um, as I said, in our production, there's sort of an ensemble feel. To the narration in some productions there is uh, a single narrator um some productions don't have any of that um for me in our version if you if you look at the script itself it was important for me to have some of that dickens narrative voice both in in the mouths of actors in the ensemble um as well as in the stage direction for designers to look at because um you know, as you point out, I have done many things yeah. in the uh, in the American theater, and uh, my undergraduate degree is in scenic design. So I always try to try to write things on the page that will not only be friendly for actors and directors, but also for designers to pick up on, and uh, again, as you say, there's some really stunning design work in this oh, production, yeah. including the costume.
0: Unbelievable. The, the, it was amazing. When you go in to see it, before the plays even started, you see the backdrop. It is an amazing piece of yeah. 3D art that is not 3D, but it is whoever designed that and did that is just exceptional. I mean, it's, it's, it's really well done. So you, 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 you're adapting this play. Um, talk about how, when, when you got to approach this were there things that you say, you know what, I don't really see too many productions bringing this element up or, you know, interpreting it like this. Was there certain things that you saw in the production that you said, you know what, this needs to be more significant, this needs to be less significant comparatively to the what thousands of versions of this that have been done? Yeah, there's
1: um, there's a moment for me that um – uh, I haven't seen in many productions, um, but that uh, for me, in in Dickens' story in, in Stave three, as they call it, so that's where we're with the ghost uh, or the, the spirit of uh, Christmas present, um, you know, in between visiting the Cratchit's uh, Christmas dinner and um, Scrooge's nephew's Fred's Christmas dinner, there's a moment where uh, Scrooge and the spirit, they, they travel uh, literally across the sea, and they, they, uh, they pass on, uh, in the text, there's a lighthouse worker. I think there's some people working in mines. And then in our version, there's a, a moment where they pass by some sailors, but they, they pass by people who are away from home on Christmas. They're away from their family, um, because they're working, but they're still keeping the spirit of Christmas in their hearts. And, you know, for me, I started writing this play, I think it was in 2017 when the Guthrie called me and said, Hey, could we take a look at that script? I remember I had just moved. I had to like get a, get a laptop out of, out of storage. And so I was very much revisiting this text in the peak of the pandemic. And I came across this moment with these sailors and I just thought, well, these are essential workers. Yeah. Um, and so we must include, you know, this moment amidst you know, in between the Cratchits and Frags, and I love the way that um, Joe has staged it and our our music director uh, and composer have really uplifted it. It really does sort of feel like an 11 o'clock number. Um, and it's it's one of my favorite moments in
0: the play it is it, that I'm, I'm glad you brought that up that was one of the two scenes that I wanted to talk to you about because that I've never seen that scene portrayed in any movie i've not I, i've I've not seen it I don't think in any of the movie uh, the movie or the 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 uh, theater productions I've seen I've never seen that one before and my wife and I were talking after we saw the play and we just sort of said you know what a nice touch because it does put it in perspective as far as the holiday the concept of yeah yeah you're right it's there are a lot of people who are working, and they're still grateful. It's Christmas, and you know it's it's a good lesson that Scrooge gets there. But it is kind of one of those that elements that is overlooked when it comes to most of the productions that are put out there.
1: Yeah, and I think you know, uh, uh, listen. One of the things I love about this novella and our production is there is there is action rolling all the way through the end of the story, including uh, all the way until Scrooge gives crash it a raise because I think one of the many things we learned on this journey is, is what it means to be a, a generous employer um, and how he can truly uh, learn to share and provide for those with less needs.
0: There's another scene, which I'm glad your version had in it. And it's in the third act with the, the, the it's in the ghost of uh, Christmas yet to come. And it's something yes. that is, it, it's a scene that I I mean, it's, I've seen it before. Although I have to admit, I probably haven't seen it in 20 to t- 30 years prior to your production. And that's the scene of the people going to basically the, 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 the pawn shop, you know, with what they have found. Insane. Yeah. And it's, it, and it's, I, I've always enjoyed that because if it if nothing puts things into how lowly society thinks of you, it really does yeah. put it in there that no one cares at all about you in any way shape or form and I think that it's it's an important point to you know because like, as the journey for, for Scrooge goes it, it's kind of important to put it in that perspective that no one I mean the, you, even the last bit of dignity you have is going to be gone yeah
1: yeah and I, I really love um, I love the scene too I was really happy to include it and you know when I when I first wrote this scene, I never I never listen. I never dreamt that the Guthrie might pick it up, much less that uh, Matt Fuller would be playing Old Joe, who's yeah. so lovely in the role. Who, of course, you know has has played uh, Scrooge at the Guthrie in the past, and yeah. also was in uh, the production of As You Like It that I directed, and so that was uh, very meaningful to me too.
0: Um, it, it is spectacular. It is you know it's kind of one of those things where. It, it does put you in that holiday mood and it's got to be fun to work on something like this because, I mean, I, you've worked on a, a, a lot of different productions and Shakespeare gets a certain mindset and a certain mood with the audience. But Christmas Carol, you can't deny it indeed just – it's it's kind of – it has its place and, it, and to a point probably the Nutcracker and Christmas Carol are probably the two most prominent holiday-based presentations you can make and you've done a magnificent job with it.
1: Oh well, thank you so much. It's uh, as I said, it's a real it's a real privilege to work on the story, and uh, it, it is. It really is a dream come true to be doing it at the
0: Guthrie. And it is running until I mean, it goes past Christmas. Even goes uh, goes to December thirtieth. It's yeah. running this entire month on the the World Thrust stage. Go see it. It is fantastic, uh, Lavina. I, thank you very much. I really appreciate the time. I appreciate you sharing some of the inside theater stuff here. I I, I really appreciate you taking time to talk with us today.
1: Absolutely. It was
0: my pleasure. Lavina Jadwani is uh, once again the adapter for A Christmas Carol over at the Guthrie Theatre. Let's take a break. Come on back. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950.